Judy, can you do the honors? This <laughs> republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I sent an email to the board members that Tony's wife, Lisa, fractured her leg pretty significantly skiing the other day at a local resort. I won't mention the name. And uh, they're not listening. Um, but so up at the table today, I asked Dan Lewis, superintendent for utilities, to sit at the table. So I promised him if you asked him any hard questions, I would help him out. <laughs>
Hi. We're just starting the meeting, Tony, so hang in there with us. Okay. Okay. Okay, thanks, Tony. Everything going okay there? Yeah, all pretty good. Good. Okay, we're bringing the meeting to order. We've had the Pledge of Allegiance. We're on item B, uh, changes, deletions. The minutes, anything? Staff needs to pull uh, item I-6, and that's the agreement with Kennedy Jenks for the contract for design of the West Regional Treatment Plant, West Shore Regional, I don't have, <laughs> West Lake Tahoe Regional <laughs> Water it's, Treatment Plant. Okay. Anything else? That's the only staff change. Board We're members? Pull it. What are we going to do with it? Just not... It no, we're going to discuss it off of consent calendar. All right. Off of consent calendar. So I was just making that change at the beginning. So you have okay. handouts in front of Dan, you. Dan, do you have anything? Nope. Eric? No. Thanks. Move approval with the change. Okay. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Any additions to the agenda? None from staff. Okay. None from the board. Okay. Take a motion to approve the agenda. So, so moved. moved. Second. Second. Okay. <laughs> Judy, are you awake? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Moved. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. Okay, we'll go into public forum now. Anything anybody wants to say that's not on the agenda? Okay, let's move on to recognition. Good job, Judy. Okay, Judy. <laughs> so we're we're starting a little bit of a new tradition. Every year we try to improve what we do here at the PUD, and uh, we have a um, not only our our regular recognition, but we also have a resolution um, for the board to adopt. And I think we'll do this each year as the president leaves office because there's so many things to remember from the year and it's a I think it's a great tradition so you're and, the first one to get this resolution and and Lou has given me the honor of being able to read it to you Judy you can read right <laughs> you'll find out in a minute this is resolution number 13-01 from the Tahoe City PUD in recognition of Judy Friedman for a year of outstanding service to the district as president of the board of directors Whereas, on December 16, 2011, then-Vice President Lou Rankins graciously nominated Judy Friedman to serve as President of the Board of Directors in the seat where Lou normally would have moved to, and the Board of Directors unanimously agreed, making her President of the Tahoe City PUD for 2012. And whereas 2012 became a momentous year for the Tahoe City PUD with many historic accomplishments and activities. Whereas, through her boundless energy, tireless support, and outstanding leadership, Judy shepherded the board and staff through the acquisition of the Tahoe City Golf Course, completion and grand opening of the Tahoe City Lakeside Trail, and acquisition of the Lake Forest Water System, among hundreds of other accomplishments. Whereas, Judy was always supported both, has always supported both the community and TCPUD staff by attending almost every meeting or event, night or day, weekend or holiday, representing the district, volunteering her time, and always, think, always thanking everyone, 
Whereas, Judy is always fully engaged in activities, whether dressing for Halloween at the town trick-or-treating, or wearing reindeer regalia at breakfast with Santa, or cheerfully passing the donation box through the crowds at Commons Beach concerts, and whereas, in the history of Tahoe City PUD, she is the first woman to have run for re-election and entered a second term. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the Board of Directors and the Tahoe City PUD staff do hereby express our sincere appreciation and thanks to Judy Friedman for her year of outstanding and faithful service to the community. Thank you, Judy. Resolution 1301. I move we approve Resolution 1301, recognizing Judy Friedman. All in favor? No, it's a resolution. Aye. You have to call for a roll. Oh. Roll. What's the chain? Carrie, you're it. I got it. Director, oh, <laughs> do I count Judy in her own resolution? Yes, <laughs> Director Friedman? Aye. Director Trebus? <laughs> yes. Director Henriksen? Yes. Director Wilkins? Yes. Director Rankins? Yes. That's covered under the consent calendar. Everything? You yes, yes, I do. Thank you. So, just as Cindy said, as at the PUD, we try to approve everything every year, and so I am pleased to hand out our um, enhanced budget document. If I can just have everyone pass it there, and what actually passes to Steve Gross. So you get one of these as well, Steve, because I know you want to read it. Thank you. I will. So what I, I'd like to do is just call your attention to a couple things inside of the new book. But before that, I really do want to thank the entire team because it was a team effort to publish this document, which I think gives us a little, it helps enhance on how we get to our budget process and the planning for the district. I'd just like to take you to the table of contents, just so you can get a sense of what's inside of the document. That's the second page in. You see those lovely pages on the right, on those pictures on page two. So what you'll see that's been enhanced here, we have a budget message and an executive summary. And there's the subcategories under there that we address inside the document itself. And then all the areas, as, as the board approved, and the actual budget schedules are in here. And surrounding those budget schedules 
is the thought process and what we went through to develop the budget. So I just wanted to share that, let you guys take a quick look through it in your spare time. And then if you have any questions, I'm, I'm available to answer them or also your the directors are as well. So, As you know, we reported this to the Finance Committee last week, and I want, really want to commend Ramona. She asked if she could be allowed to take a stab at doing a more enhanced budget book, uh, similar to what we did for many years here. And I really want to commend Ramona's drive and ambition to turn this out in record time, get it to us in January, and really create a document that I think is much more transparent to the public uh, and documenting uh, our efforts and the thought process behind that budget versus uh, what we've used in the last few years. So we would welcome your comments. We'd like to enhance it further. I think Ramona keeps telling me it's a three-year process. We'll, be, we'll have it down in three years, and sure looks like it's pretty complete to me now, but if you have other suggestions um, that you would like to see enhanced with it. But I wanted to commend Ramona and her staff. All of our staff have worked on it for their mm -hmm. departments, but Ramona took the lead on it. So. Thank you. Okay. okay, we'll go down to item G, the sewer and water agreement with Homewood Mountain Resort. Okay, um, Tony. Uh, or Matt, do you, did you guys talk about who would take the lead this morning? Tony, do you? Uh, I'm, I'm driving, but. <laughs> then, you dri <laughs> then drive and listen instead of drive and, and speak. So Tony uh, and uh, Steve Gross have worked uh, to revise this uh, agreement. Um, as you know, the last time we uh, undertook this agreement, we had different legal counsel and it was several years ago. Uh, while we approved that unanimously at that time, there were some revisions uh, to bring it back forward to make it active now. Homewood had asked us to, to uh, look at it again and, and wanted to proceed. Um, and I know the board members have had some questions about a variety of things. Otherwise, the agreement, Steve has made some revisions, purely uh, legalese, I believe, and <laughs> I'll let you address anything of substance that you feel. Otherwise, I think uh, we're, the Sewer and Water Committee uh, did review it and felt comfortable with the agreement, um, and we're happy to entertain any questions from other board members. Yeah, so I'd just reiterate, you know, Eric and I spent a fair amount of time at the Sewer and Water Committee meeting reviewing it, uh, had some questions to staff, and, and ultimately felt comfortable with continuing the agreement that we had crafted a few years ago with the with the cleanup work that had been done to it. Yes, that's true. Okay. Judy had a question. Judy, I have a question. Um, according to um, this, says that the uh, previous district council developed a process by way by where we could bypass the two eighteen. Well, because it's only one person. Yeah. Don't agree, you know, it's no big deal. Okay, so were there to be a 218, it would just be for them? That one person. Okay, thank you. Correct. I have one question. And our current legal counsel agrees with that, correct? I concur, otherwise, I would have suggested some changes. Okay, that's fine. I just want to be really clear on that. With respect to the North Lodge, the North area where you're, are you going to be running the line over? To that area for making snow from the McKinney well? Right now, uh, we, 
plans are to use the snowmaking system on the north side with the well that is We have home viewers. Disabled because of the well collapse that was in the gravel pot and separating the north side from the south side. So the south side would use the McKinney well and the north side would use the water from the gravel lot. Will there be any use of this water on the north side? If the plans on the snowmaking plans are to tie the system together so it's looped. So the McKinney well water would tie into the system and back feed into the entire system. Which then covers the north side and the south side. What I'm getting at here is what Madden Creek services the north lodge. Correct. Getting into an area of crossing a boundary from one area, our area, into Madden Creek's area by supplying water. Director Rankin asked me this just a few moments before we came into the meeting and I haven't had a chance and I don't know Steve if you feel qualified to talk about where Madden Creek's water district boundaries go. I believe at one point they were just behind the lodge area so the mountain is outside of Madden Creek's service area I believe. But Homewood might know better. I wouldn't know why that would impact Madden Creek because we do use some water from Madden Creek for snowmaking right now, a very small amount. We can get 300 gallons a minute from them. But tying the system together. I think it's more an issue of public utility commission. We're not allowed to provide water. We would have to have Madden Creek's permission to provide water within their service area under PUC rules. But I believe, and we'll double check this, that in fact the boundaries, and Matt you're nodding with me. During our review of their draft EIR, we made a comment. It appears that both of the ski mountain is outside of any service area in particular. Meaning we made a comment that in order to serve domestic water even to the mountain, Midmount Lodge for instance, would require us to bring that into our own service area or into Madden. Where exactly that line is on the hill, I can't say. But there is a large portion of the mountain that is outside of anybody's service area. I don't know where their service boundaries are. Certainly we have the legal authority under the Public Utilities District Act to sell surplus water, of which this is because we have no particular use for it and it's not potable. I mean effectively we're delivering water within our service area. Homewood's building a pipeline that they would own. And then if they were, it sounds like what they're saying is that the pipeline would remain within our service area. But even if it were to extend into Madden, it would kind of be like we sell the water within our boundary and then once that customer takes the water and moves it, I'm not sure if it's our issue at that point. Because the point of interconnection is within our boundaries and we're selling the water within our own boundaries, this doesn't create a LAFCO issue. Because sometimes when you provide out of area service or service beyond your boundaries, like in this case, you're not providing the water within your boundaries. Thank you. Thank you.
LAFCO authority is required, but we're not. The point of connection is within our boundaries. So I think the only real uh, issue here is um, whether or not we're providing service within Madden Creek's uh, CPUC um, territory, in which case my understanding is we could do that with uh, Madden Creek's approval. Sometimes utilities makes, make requests of other utilities to provide service. They can't reasonably provide the service requested, and that's uh, permissible. So has that been addressed? <clears throat> you just raised a question, which I think is a very important question. Obviously, I, I don't think we have a complete answer. There's a couple of approaches. First, it may not even be relevant because they wouldn't be, they'd only be using it on the mountain. If the mountain is indeed outside the service boundary, we have no issue. Well, so I, we, I we need to do a little, you could approve this agreement contingent on us resolving this issue uh, with Steve's blessing, if that would be the board's direction. I don't want the district perceived to be trying to put Madden Creek out of business. Correct. That is a small private water company, and I think that the public could perceive that. So I think it's something we have to pay attention to. So. Yeah. Okay. So I would uh, make a motion that we approve the current draft of the uh, agreement with Homewood or the updated draft of the agreement with Homewood authorize the I guess I'm not sure if it's the general manager or the board president to execute that agreement and with a request that uh, staff and district legal counsel confirm that we're not inadvertently creating any uh, issues with the PUC or the or any of the other regulatory agencies that may have uh, standing on as it relates to this topic. Why are we approving a draft versus the thing? Or is it coming back to us for an additional approval? No. So we are now approving the. Uh, I took the motion to do that. <laughs> We're approving the agreement. Okay. I think I we them. had a draft one that we approved a while ago. Right. And now we have that brought up too. So right. the motion is to approve the to those conditions. Yeah. Okay. Any other discussion or question? Okay. All in favor? Aye. 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 Great. Thank you. Did you want to speak yeah. to this at all? Since you joined us so bright and early? He's here for the whole meeting. So. <laughs> it was a slow Friday. We have nothing else to do, do today. Uh, point, point of curiosity, do you have... Um, any expectation as to when you might start using the water? Is it tied to the any particular milestone on the within, within Homewood? Um, as you know, um, there's been some uh, releases lately in terms of uh, um, the Homewood project. Uh, essentially, about two weeks ago, the federal court judge ruled 90 percent. Um, uh, in our favor in, on all environmental issues and remanded back to uh, the Board of Supervisors and uh, um, TRPA a very minor issue dealing with an alternative six that was analyzed in the EIR EIS. Um, we hope to be back uh, before TRPA and the Board within 60 days um, uh, to resolve that issue. It was just a request for additional information. 
assuming that that goes forward, um, the actual construction on the resort could start as early as next year. Um, phase one would include the hotel, and uh, phase one would also include the first uh, phase of the snowmaking, uh, upgraded snowmaking system. So it could be as early as 2015 that I, I would think that we may be able to uh, uh, avail ourselves of that water. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks. Okay, let's move down to the anything to add into the parks and rec? We'll do under reports later, so right consent. now everything's on consent calendar. Okay, let's go on to the consent calendar. Anything there that we want to remove? Yep, nope. for me. I think staff pulled, staff pulled item six, correct? I need the approval of the uh, remainder of the consent calendar, which is the exclusion. You know what? Oh, excuse me. Before we do that, I, I'd like to pull five. Five. Okay. Okay. Anything else? Judy, do you have anything you want to pull? <laughs> so I'd, I'd second the motion to approve items one through four. Five. Five and six. Five and six. All in favor? Is there a second? Second. I was okay. Yeah. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Number five, common speech concession. Um, well, as I read this, it says one of the goals, and I was wondering where that goal came from. Who, did the board agree to the goal? Or? Yeah, we set these goals as part of the budgeting process, so they were in our goals and objectives uh, during the budget process. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I guess I just have to go make a statement. I'm not in favor of competing with the private sector by renting out the community center when there's so many vacancies in town. So, I mean, when we go to rent it out, if there were, if the town were packed in any place, then I'd say this is okay, but from my perspective, this is not a thing that the community should be doing. As far as kayaks and paddleboards on the, on the commons, that's a different story, but um, and losing our RFP, but as far as competing, So, uh, this question is your thought that the, we should just maintain the space vacant? Or for nonprofits or something, not necessarily vacant, but not, not to, to lease it out. And, you know, I mean, this specific issue is we, we talked about it last year. Right. It's still, that's why I just want to pull, pull it out and uh, close it out there. And uh, Eric, um, as well as the other board members, as we proceed with this, as you know, we never completed um, final approval to rent that space out. There's still a debate with TRPA as to commercial floor area in that building. So we're proceeding with the thought it may or may not include that space as part of a concession. So you don't necessarily need to oppose everything or just that, if you, depending on what you choose. But we will be proposing or requesting proposals for either both or just the beach, um, depending on whether it's what we feel we can get permits for, for that building. Okay. Um, so. So. Well, I'd like to follow up 
your answer to Dan there. When you said we shouldn't compete, I understand what that means. But then when Dan asked you about what you would do with space and you said non-profit, do you mean give it to a non-profit and have the rate payers pay for that building or find a non-profit that can pay for that? And if that's the case, then aren't we competing with other spots in town that might rent to a non-profit too? Could rent their space, so we'd be competing with them for that. Anything we did with it other than pay for it with rate payers, I think, would be a... We could use it ourselves. Use it ourselves in our recreation department somehow. I mean, I don't know what the exact use is, but I don't think we should rent it out when there's other space. Okay, so your thing is we shouldn't rent it out, period. We should use it. Why don't we use it? I don't have a clue for what we'd be using it for when we have spaces for use. Okay, I understand what you're saying. We just shouldn't rent it. It's a little bit twisted, but... No, then untwist me, please. Later. Okay. No, not later, because that's kind of how I'm hearing it, too. I just got to say is that if we, I mean, Sierra State Parks Foundation just rented space in town from Punta Creek, so there's a non-profit that's paying rent in a space in town. So I'm clear, too. A non-profit is a tax status. I just threw it out, Judy. It was probably not the right term to throw out. Okay. So that assumption is correct, then. It shouldn't be rented. You just said it's a tax. Yeah, okay, rented. No, 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 I'm just trying to get clear. Put it down there, it's not rented. Judy, that's fine. It shouldn't be rented. And then as far as a concession goes, though, you're okay with the concession? Down on the beach, yeah. Okay. It's the rental of the building. Okay. Just want to be clear. Any other discussion on that? I'd just like to add a couple things there, though. I think in protecting the taxpayer, which is most of the people up here, that I don't see any harm in renting the building. I mean, the income would offset the cost. Okay. So this is a recommendation from the Parks and Rec Committee to the full board to direct staff to begin the process to solicit a potential kayak slash paddleboard concessionaire or user of that building. Is that what we're looking at? And hire somebody to do the permitting to make it all happen? Yes. And we're including RFP so that it was a full solicitation of local people that were using it. And that covers the beach, too. Yes. Because the beach, in effect, could have a similar thing that at the Tahoe City Marina, they rent kayaks and paddleboards on the water. So we realize that. Yes. So I have another question about the permitting. Go ahead. In thinking about this, I realize there's a lot of areas around the lake that rent space to private concessionaires. There's North Tahoe PUD, both at the state park and at TVRA. There's a kayak rental concession at Sand Harbor. There's one at Sugar Pine Point State Park. 
Um, he also is renting the Triangle property from the Homeowners Association on West Shore. So there's a whole lot of examples of concessionaires doing sort of similar to what we're talking about doing here, which is the concession and, and the space. And I'm wondering if, um, I know we're under a lot of scrutiny about this, and, and I'm wondering if there isn't precedent that will help us move through this process a little more expediently given all these other areas that are doing exactly what we're proposing to do. As far as permitting. As far as permitting. We, we hope so. and yeah, I was going to say we hope so. Okay. Um, PUD um, tends to do everything by the book, and so we'll make sure that we are by the book regardless of what maybe others aren't. Um, but we, we, we hope that the process is simplified by examples on the lake, as you mentioned. We'll see. I mean, we got to start the process and see where it takes us. But well, I know we got kind of hung up in the process last year, and and when I thought about it, I realized there are so many other places doing exactly what we're talking about. And I kind of was wondering where our hitch was, but thank you. I move approval of this item. Second. As presented. Yeah. Okay. Is there a second? Second. Okay. All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? No. Thank you. Hey, item six. That map? Yes, sir. Um, as you know, we've been we uh, we solicited proposals for the Westlake Tahoe Regional Water Treatment Plant project uh, for the design and permitting. Um, actually, I should say for the preliminary design for phase one, primarily presented a memo in your original board book. Uh, we were negotiating, still negotiating the final scope and fee. Um, so that changed a little bit. Changes that we made um, to that scope that was originally presented, we added a process selection, um, and that added roughly $8,000 to the total scope. So the Current budget for the consulting fee will be 174,620. Since that's the changes that we made from the original version you saw. I move approval this. with yeah. the recommended changes. Second. Okay, is there any discussion here, Judy? Do you have anything? No. Come on. No. Okay. okay. I have a couple of questions. Okay. Uh, is this? contract going to assess the technology that's going to be used or is this just the requirements? Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, that tech memo that I just mentioned will be the process selection. So whether we're using <coughs> microfiltration or uh, different type of filtration process, how we're going to disinfect the water, um, certainly on our backwash uh, disposal and treatment options and cost benefit on that. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's a big part of this, as well as selection and preliminary estimating and preliminary permitting. Okay, it's going to assess the the, the capacity requirements. And yeah, the, thank you. Yes. Expected growth with Homewood Mountain Resort coming online. Homewood Mountain Resort potential wholesaling to adjacent water systems. Um, yeah, there will be a whole layer of demand requirements that we're going to look at and from a cost. And possible sites? Yes, site selection. 
So before, Director Rankins asked me this earlier as well, and before we enter into final design, we will know, we will have staff recommendations on what size we initially build, but I think the concept has always been that it would be expandable beyond what we initially come to you with as well. So, yeah. so we, we we'll, anticipate the analysis will help us, guide us in making that recommendation. We think we'll have three numbers. We will have a, a capacity that we are going to build to, um, the capacity that, that will be the end product. We'll have a capacity number that that building and treatment train can be expanded to. And we will probably have even a third number, which is sort of an ultimate uh, number that perhaps some infrastructure will be planned around without huge cost implications to the project. So, and that's pretty standard in doing something of this size. Okay. Very good. Okay. We've been moved and seconded. We'll have a vote. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Yes. Aye. Aye. Opposed? None. Unanimous. Okay, resolutions. Ramona, you want to cover this? Yes, thank you. So what you have before you is the resolution for the employer paid member contribution. This comes before the board every year, so it's just a matter of complying with the law. Is your the microphone on? Oh, yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll move approval. Okay. I think I think uh, we have to call it out. Yeah. Oh, oh, then she calls it. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Director Freeman. Yes. Director Trebus. Yes. Director Henriksen. Yes. Director Wilkins. Yes. Director Rankins. Yes. Next one. The appointment of uh, Ramona Cruz to Office of Treasurer per board direction at uh, December's meeting. You asked us to bring this back and make this appointment as well. Okay. Move approval. Second. <clears throat> Move and seconded. Go ahead, Terry. Director Friedman? Yes. Director Chubas? Yes. Director Henriksen? Yes. Director Wilkins? Yes. Director Rankins? Yes. Number three. Move approval. Second. Go for it, Kelly. You have a second on that? Yes. Okay. Terry? Judy Friedman. Er, Director Friedman. Yes. <laughs> Director Trebus. Yes. Director Henriksen. Yes. Director Wilkins. Yes. Director Rankins. Yes. Okay, let's go on into K, general reports. Engineering, do you have anything? Finance? I'd like to ask our young lady that was Michelle to report on the workers' comp, what you learned at the conference. If you could. Wednesday, I attended a meeting at the JPIA headquarters in Roseville regarding. Workers' comp reform, healthcare reform, they talked about continuous workforce, they talked about 2013 new group meets three, sometimes four times a year, and we try to get out there for at least a couple of them, uh, depending on what the topics are. Workers' comp update, we walked through briefly, uh, Diane Salvador, the head of that department, gave us an update. The main takeaway on that is the uh, 
Permanent disability benefit is being increased by approximately 30% for any injuries that happen from January 1st this year forward. What that means for employer costs, well, they could go up, they could go down, they may stay static. That's the long and short of the workers' compensation at this point. It's a new bill. Workers' comp doesn't know how it's going to affect. We're going to wait and see. But that's really the only big change is the permanent disability benefit's been increased. And we've got to assume the costs will go up eventually. But we don't know. I don't know how quickly that will happen. But it's only for those permanent disabilities. If the benefits rise, it stands to reason that the premiums will as well. Will as well. What else we talked about? Health care reform. Obviously, every year since the reform went through brings more changes. Not a lot of big changes for our organization at this point. I think the biggest one for us is summary benefit coverage for our self-insured plans, for dental, for vision. We're in the process now of updating our summary plan descriptions. So we are being as proactive as possible, a little bit behind the eight ball. 2013 legal updates. This was a very quiet year for big legal updates. There are a few personnel policy manual changes and definitions to discrimination. Some changes in pregnancy disability leave. But long and short is it's just making some minor tweaks to our current PPM. No more, no less. The biggest bulk of our discussion talked about contingent workforce. And I certainly walked away from that with some action items. But I also walked away feeling like we are on the right track, being proactive, tightening up policies as we can. Contingent workforce. We're talking about independent contractors. We're talking about consultants, our interns, anybody that's not actually an employee of the district. So some of the things that I think we're already working on and what we should continue to work on. Centralizing our contracts with the PUD. Rather than have engineering deal with their contracts, recreation deal with their contracts. We need to centralize it only to capture those that may need PERS reportability. That's our bigger exposure than DOL is going to be PERS. PERS is going to come out and audit every one of the companies under their umbrella once a decade. I'm here 12 years since February. I've never been through an audit, so it's coming. Centralizing the contracts will mean that one person will be responsible to make sure that we're in compliance. Also, updating our contracts, adding verbiage regarding what are called reporting provisions. If an independent contractor feels that they've been discriminated against or harassed, there needs to be a reporting procedure in place for them just to throw out their employees. Also, strong indemnity provisions. And this will protect us if an agency were to come forward and say this should be an employee versus an independent contractor. And then really updating our intern policy and making sure that we're on the right side of that as well. Could you address some of the potential liabilities with respect to PERS audit in terms of fines? Some of the retroactive, right? Well, if PERS comes through and determines that one of our independent contractors should have been listed as an employee and should have been listed as a CalPERS recipient, then the district would be on the hook for the employer and the employee portions, retroactive as well as fines per incident. That would typically just be in a scenario where we were 
contracting for staffing services, though, right? I mean, yeah, it's not, not going to be very... Yeah, staffing services under common law, uh, common law employee uh, headings. If we're contracting with anybody that currently is a member of CalPERS, we may be on the hook for CalPERS reporting as well. And that's where I really think that centralizing the contracts will catch that. But over the course of the almost 12 years that I've been here, I've seen us clean up our consultants, I've seen us clean up our independent contractors, should they be employees. Uh, DOL has been taking a much uh, stronger look at this federal and state, primarily because it's a revenue source. PERS knows it too. If you're paying them as an independent contractor, that's revenue that the state, federal government, and PERS is not getting. So they have uh, great interest in making all of these people employees. So we've been tightening up and doing as we go. And there's still room to move. And uh, we are going in that direction, so I'm confident about that. Cool. Thank you. Ramona, do you have anything else? Oh, great update. Thank you. The, I, I just wanted to add also that we yesterday we had our exit conference with the auditors for the interim work. We, they were very pleased with our staff, said that we were very accommodating, and that for a first-year audit, they were pleasantly surprised with what they saw in, our, in the process that they stepped through. So I just wanted to share that. Uh, let's go around and then I'll come back to mine. <laughs> Parks and Rec, do you have any updates? Okay. Kelly, do you have any? Is, um, I didn't mention it in my report, but last Wednesday, um, the North Lake Tower Resort Association Board approved $600,000 in funding for the Homewood Bike Trail. And then hopefully you saw the letter in the packet, too, uh, from the Conservancy on their intent to make a recommendation for 500000 So a, a good chunk of funding towards the, the overall total. And then there's a couple other funding requests out there that would cover, if we have success with them, would cover the full amount. But I wanted to bring that up because next um, Tuesday morning, the Board of Supervisors meet over at the Event Center. And um, it is on the agenda for their approval of the Homewood Bike Trail. I will be out of town and not able to attend that meeting, so um, I would welcome any directors who would want to be there for the Board of Supervisors. They're up here. They're at the Conference Center. Is that correct, Kelly? At the yes. North Tahoe Conference yeah. Center. And we can get you the agenda approximate time. Yeah, it's at 9 o'clock, and it's fairly early on the agenda, but I'm going to be touching base with Jennifer this morning and get a little bit. She was going to give me a better idea, timing. Well, I'm going to be there anyway because the community team updates, so I'll be there anyway. Great. Okay, great. And so Director Rankins would like to know as well. Okay, so perfect. That would be great. I, I always think it's good for our electeds to thank their, their electeds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, anything else? I see any more? Yeah, I wanted Dan to give you an update on... Uh, freezing lines and what we're, what staff has done. Tony and his crew uh, did a, um, well, you go ahead on the meter read and then the findings. Yes, thank you, Sam. Um, we've been keeping a close eye um, on all the water lakes out in the area, keeping a close eye on our tank levels uh, with the freezing conditions and now thawing conditions. Um, Monday night, uh, we saw the Tahoe Hills tank uh, start dropping uh, pretty quick, uh, calc it, calc it out at about 110 gallons a minute. Uh, crews found a two-inch fire service has came apart uh, at one of the homes on Saturn Drive. Uh, 
so we quickly shut that off so that tank is in looks better i did notice something else this morning going on out there so crews are out there right now also our brook street tank also have has been going down quite a bit so we went out and we went ahead and read all the meters in the area on wednesday from tahoe hills down south and rubicon area and only one significant home on victoria which used 252 000 gallons from the previous read they were shut off but other than that those are the biggest fines that that we've come across out there continuing to monitor and i got the crews out there again today taking a sweep through and getting prepared for a exciting weekend probably we assume as the three-day weekend as people arrive at their homes there might be more frozen pipes or situations encountered but i really appreciate the proactive approach that tony and dan and their staff uses to start looking for these knowing that we've had such a hard cold spell and even with snow on the ground that we might have encountered some of these these frozen pipes so thank you dan some of these frozen pipes are not leaking now not yet right but they're potential so that's what can happen like the 250 000 one that was well the uh the two inch fire service on saturn drive was picked up monday night we saw the tank start dropping monday night and then crews got out tuesday morning an example of somebody who had between readings he said but that's what it's based on is having the break of a fairly of the a bigger pipe or the two inch pipe that's just going constantly then i mean that's a decent amount of gallonage isn't it i know it does amount to our lakeshore yard irrigation systems in a couple of houses but that's that means there was a break going on there pretty much and hopefully we got enough enough snow as an insulation thing yeah the sewer situation on lake terrace would that how would that have been caught otherwise had had it not been had you not seen it I mean, isn't that how someone else would have seen it? I mean, yeah, is that something that you just would have noticed? Or it seems like it was reported. Yeah, thank you. No, okay. But it could have eventually backed up into the house, even though it's quite a bit higher come out in some other locations. That's the more normal, that's the more conventional way to find these problems. Oh, okay. And in this case, it didn't. It was infiltrating into the ground, but as that slows things down, it can start to clog back. And so, but in this case, no, it's just the ground that people ask us about. I had a question on TTSA. So, actually, on three items, the what? What can you tell us about what's going on with Tiger TTSA? 
Well, there's pretty high barium levels that, and barium is a radioactive mineral, or I mean, element that travels in the ground. So there's a lot, or there's some various lots in Martis Camp that are pretty high, naturally occurring barium levels in there. And so there's 10 piles in there that exceed safe health standards, and we've asked Tiger to remove them. Because DTSA is going to become the ultimate owner, already is the ultimate owner of that property. But as Tiger mines the material and then reclaims it and moves out, DTSA is going to be stuck with that product. So we told them that they have to get those 10 loads out of there. So this is basically soil material that's being disposed of at Tiger? Yeah, that was taken, and you can't tell by looking at it, except for it's a little bit redder in color. Cool. And then I see there was also discussion about the labor contracts, the employment contracts. Yeah, and what's the question? What they're doing with them. Is it like a four-year update like we have, or is it, are they up? Right now they're just in negotiations, and they're going through the provisions, and I think it's going to amount to a two-year contract with just cost of living allowances. Oh, okay. And then I saw there was some discussion on the village at Squaw. Is DTSA starting to look at whether there's capacity for that project? Yeah, but we don't even know. Nothing's been brought to DTSA to say how much water is going to be reclaimed, how much is going to be put down the pipe, what the level of treatment they're going to have in it. So there's too many unknowns. We don't know anything. We're waiting on the developer to give us some more additional information. Got it. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. Okay. Anything else? I have an update. Okay, go ahead. Earlier this week, we got a heads-up about Tahoe Park Water Company rate increase. This was last Tuesday. The protest period ended. We had received documentation about January 2nd or 3rd, and frankly, I wasn't looking at it, not thinking that I was a customer. In a series of emails from some of the customers that they cc'd us on, Tony picked up on it and looked at the fact that we actually are a customer. We do purchase a small amount of water from Tahoe Park Water Company for our Sunnyside pump station. So with that, Tony took a quick look at the proposed rate increase, which was a pretty significant one, 30% rate increase, and some of the backup documentation, understanding that both Tony and I feel like we're quasi, and probably Steve, learned a little bit through the arbitration process on rates, but still there's an awful lot buried in those rate filings with the PUC. So I did authorize a couple hours of Harold Morgan's time to look at the proposal and asked if he saw anything glaring. Harold definitely did have some very serious questions about the doubling of the valuation of the plant, as well as the rate increase. It looked like many of the numbers were going up dramatically in their operating costs. With that, because we had to file the protest ahead of this board meeting or having any board action, I did contact two board members and said, this is what I'm thinking of doing. We can always pull the protest back, but we can't miss the deadline and file it. So we did go ahead and protest the rate increase. It's just a piece of paper, one page. I'll pass that out. 
Uh, Steve and Tony worked on it, and Steve kind of gave us the same guidance, I believe. <laughs> I didn't see the actual protest, but we talked about right. whether the, or not it was prudent to go ahead and file uh, given the deadline. So, uh, so with that, I want to inform the board, and we can put this on the next agenda, uh, and you can just determine you know, if you want to proceed with it or pull that back. Um, and whether or not we want to use any more of Harold's expertise. But Tony has pretty much uh, quoted uh, Harold's uh, thoughts on why we would protest this. So. so question, when you say proceed with it, are we really talking about just uh, maintaining this letter as opposed to withdrawing the letter? Or are we expecting <laughs> that you could this expend could, you could expend more time to research uh, some of the more technical issues with Harold or not. I'm not proposing that at this point in time. I just you have the ability to pull this back right. or investigate a little more fully uh, or drop it. What? Um, okay. You know, just leave a piece of paper in and leave it at that. And this is a protest as a customer, like any as other a customer, customer would be doing. Right. And we were CC'd on a number of the customers we've worked with. You may remember that Tahoe Park. Did uh, Gerald Rockwell did um, secure significant number of petitions? We thought it was in excess of the two thirds required for the board to take action on behalf of the Tahoe Park customers some years ago, right after the Lake Forest petition was submitted. Um, but after that, we've told them all along they need to wait until after we were completed with the Lake Forest. Um, Gerald's been in over the years a couple of times, but we have not talked to Gerald lately. I don't know if they want to refire that up and research the petitions or not, and I'm not in any position to say that. This is purely about the rates. And as a customer, we have the ability to protest and we have a limited amount of time. I do apologize. We could have called a special board meeting had I looked at the rate increase. We get these from all the water companies. I didn't even... It didn't dawn on me we were a customer or that we would have the right to protest this. So, Sandy, are there going to be other opportunities to, like, to uh, appear before the Public Utilities Commission and, and, right. there, and the, tell it and say, you know, right. this is what we feel? Yes, there are, and that's why I want to put it on the agenda because you could decide to be more proactive, status quo, or actually withdraw this. And so I need to bring it to your next agenda okay. to, to make that decision. But And that will keep us, we'll still have the opportunity to do that within that next month period? I believe so, but I will check on the dates for that and when the PUC is going to schedule hearings, because typically then they schedule a hearing uh, up here, and so we'll need direction on that. Yeah. So, yeah. Dan, ask, answering your question, we could go further, stay status quo, or we could withdraw. Yeah. Bottom line is we've got standing to make those. We have to make a standing to be able right. to make that decision. Um, I, I appreciate that you brought up that you realize this is something the board could take a look at, but I also appreciate that with the situation you're in to get this on file so that we could take future action. Well, I want, I want to commend Tony so, for that. I was so. very reluctant yeah, about yeah, it, and Tony so. kept pushing. So. <laughs> Tony, if you're listening, thank you. So gratitude to Tony for this, because he really pursued it. And after I said no the first time, he came back with, well, what do you, you know, what do you right. what, what <laughs> He kept looking at the numbers, and I... One of the things I'd be curious about is when, when this comes back, and this is really from a broader context, is how many other um, situations we have where we are a customer of a private water okay. company. Um, I think Timberland is the only other one that comes to mind. Is that correct? 
Uh, but I'll double check Dan. So, so that that would be a question I would yeah. have uh, okay. in terms of you know thinking about how assertive we we may or may not be okay. on this particular okay. uh, item. There's another issue here you may want to address too. But what's the impact if they get this 30 percent on what the value of that water company? Exactly. And I think that's really the bigger issue here because we, um, as far as rates, it's, it's a big rate increase, but our, we are a very small customer. I think it's under 300 a month, a year. And uh, 300 a year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the broader topic that I see with this is this would be. I guess this would actually be the second time we protested a rate increase because I think we did that with Lake Forest. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, is there a is is a, what's the PUD's role in protecting our or in using expertise that we may have for taxpayers who may not be our water customers and making sure that they're not mm -hmm. being um, unfairly charged for water? Right. You know, that's a that's a broader broader topic and we happen to have experience with this one particular operator that uh, um, causes, causes us to look at things a little more closely and I uh, think but we've got other operators who are very uh, responsible mm -hmm. within our boundaries and right and we want to be cautious about the uh, concern we may be creating with them that we're that we have an intention of trying to meddle in their business. So that's that's those are the competing issues. It, that it certainly is a challenge, Dan, and I think I what what um, you know a little bit of my concern is that this is not so much about what the water purveyors do. They should try to maximize what money they make off their company. That's their investment potential. I think you know, and their their asset. I think the challenge that we found through this whole process is Harold Morgan's report. To us and throughout the mediation was there were things that were approved by the PUC, rubber stamped by the PUC that were were not correct. And Harold made a very um, uh, strong case in front of the mediator about the use, usefulness of a well that Rick had drilled and that the, the ratepayers and ourselves paid back to that. So it's a, a very big dilemma for this board because obviously I don't think the ratepayers in a small system understand this. I have this much of an understanding of it. You really need a person like Harold Morgan who understands the system, what can and can't be in rate base, how it should be booked. Mm -hmm. um, it's both financial and engineering analysis. And um, so I think that discussion is something <coughs> probably coming at some point in time. I don't mean to make it um, mm -hmm. an issue just on this one, but it, it is a role that you could play or not, may not want to play. So. Right. There's another role that I'm concerned about. Cindy mentioned it earlier, and that is that this is going to, if this goes through, this will increase the value. Okay, and we, if we've been approached by subscribers to that system of purchasing it, we will eventually pay if we acquire it. So we have a interest to see that it's not. We're not being, that it's fair. It's not overvalued. Right, that it's a fair valuation of the assets involved. And, and the doubling of the value of the plant was the most troubling thing in this. It went from $1.3 million as last rate increase to $2.6 million. And 
says he invested that amount of money in his plant, and mm -hmm. we're not familiar with that. So, <coughs> I mean, we haven't seen resources. Uh, Tony was pretty convinced that he hadn't seen any new projects mm -hmm. that would. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it'll be an interesting, that. interesting discussion. Thank Tony again. I commend Tony because I was reluctant to go down this road. Okay. Board follow-up. Um. Board. Oh, general. Do you want to go over general correspondence yeah, first? Oh, general correspondence. Sorry. Pardon. I have a question for Okay. On the letter from. Um, City in yes blaming the North Public Utility District um, did that get resolved no we just received this letter we okay. did send him an invoice and so he responded okay uh, with this letter okay. forwarded to North Public Utility <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, I do want to let the board know that it was um, my call the night of the 23rd the day of the 23rd we were obviously doing the big event at the Nordic uh, at the new Tahoe City Winter Sports Park and uh, Roger and uh, Pete Morrow arrived on the scene. The, the town was a mess. It was a blizzard. Oh, uh, many of the property owners were out putting snow off their sidewalks, but several had not made uh, an effort. I can't say from the time I arrived at the golf course till the time uh, Timberwolf showed up whether they did make an attempt. They had not at the time I came through town. And I, the next day being Christmas Eve, I said to Roger, I think you should go ahead and get Timberwolf out there tonight, if it hasn't been done, to get it done. So uh, we do rely on Timberwolf to make that decision, had it been done or not. They went and went out on mm -hmm. site that night. Uh, Our ordinance calls for four inches or more yes, that the snow needs Right, to and we right. certainly understand in the middle of a blizzard, you're not going to keep up with right. four inches, right? Yeah. So I'm not talking about, gee, you know, it wasn't buffed out. Many of the businesses had, I mean, cobblestone was. Clear, yeah. and they kept up with it all day but some can't but what happens is once it starts to compact it we live with it for an extended period of time and we were headed into Christmas Eve so my decision was to authorize Roger to get Timberwolf up that night and remove the snow apparently what he's upset about is not paying not paying Timberwolf's bill but the 50% add-on that we add on as a penalty to make them keep up with it so we'll uh, talk to him further, but Roger has been in communication with him and explaining you've got to stay and make an effort. And they can turn Timberwolf away. Timberwolf's job is to go to the business, try to contact somebody on site if possible Correct. before they start the snow removal and give them one more chance to do it themselves. Right. Right. So did they do it? We, uh, Timberwolf did the snow removal. Did they contact the knock on the door of the end and say, hey, please move the stuff away? I think they did try to make contact with the manager at the door and told them they were going to do it. So I don't know exactly what the communication was at that point. Told them they were going to do it? It was a $140 bill, I want to make sure, right? $140? Yeah, I think it was $140. Um, my understanding was that, hang on a second here, if I've got it here. Um, my understanding talking to Roger was Timberwolf did make contact with, uh, with the manager and said they were going to remove the snow. I don't know at that point what the communication was between the two of them, but I'm, I, I'm sure Timberwolf didn't go force themselves upon them and say, we're removing the snow. You can't. So I'm sure the communication was appropriate. And there were three or four properties they moved mm -hmm. snow from that night. Yeah, we, uh, we also had some other properties that Timberwolf 
did remove snow from. I also want to say, too, in this letter, um, contrary to what Mr. Somers wrote in this letter, we have had history of noncompliance at this property. Um, and uh, they, have, they did great uh, when we did the repairs to the sidewalks for the summer, so things have improved. But the letter pretty much states that there's, there's been no history of noncompliance, and that's just not, a, that's not correct. Uh, there's been several times of noncompliance at this property. I guess Roger has a, a good friend, at, becoming a good friend, a customer at uh, El Dorado Savings. He told me yesterday that contacts him regularly because she likes to walk to get the mail mm -hmm. at the post office, and often this is the impact for that. Mm -hmm. This is a very heavily traveled section, mm -hmm. but our ordinance is for all, and we enforced it for all, but this particular one has been an ongoing problem because it is the key link between so many businesses and the Safeway Lighthouse Shopping Center. So it gets a lot of uh, traffic between the Boat Works, El Dorado Savings, and others. So we'll keep working with them, but thank you for asking. Yeah. No, there were, I know there were other properties because when I was walking through town after the storm stopped, and I know if if they don't address it, then it gets really cold. Then you've got that sort of glacier effect on the sidewalks. You can't really walk through town, so thank you. They're supposed to use snow melt as well to try to address that issue. Um, it, it is a, a constant battle with yeah. some of them to, to do that. And once they get behind, you know how it yeah, is, even in your own driveway. Mess. Once you get behind, it's very challenging. Thank you. Okay. Anything else? There's a couple other pieces of correspondence. If you don't have, do you have any other questions on what's in your book? Terry has some other ones to pass out. Congratulations to us with the $340,000 grant. So a couple other items. We did have a public records act request um, related to the uh, that we're working on for the kayak concession and the rental of the building. That's in there in Terry's response. There's also uh, something I think Director Rankins would like to announce uh, in the correspondence. No, it's right here. Well, this really reflects on the staff, and that is we've had an extremely good year at our EMODs with respect to our safety. And we're in the top 100 or so of the districts within the almost 500 that are part of the APIA. So we have some awards. Have some around for you to look at. They're getting copies now. You have the originals and they're getting copies. Okay. So. <clears throat> and I wasn't sure, Lou, I didn't have time to call Aqua yesterday to see what, how many other agencies received these accolades. Are we? It's, it's about 100. About 100 out of all their members received yeah. these, so. That's a rough number. It's maybe 120, but I don't well, thank you, Director Rankins, for making this such a high priority for so many years at the district, and uh, we really appreciate the recognition from Aqua JPIA. Well, it keeps our insurance rates low. That's the impact. So. All right. Okay. Super. Okay. Board follow-up, is that? Yes. Now? On G1, uh, we... 
which is the agreement with Homewood Village Resorts, staff will be the school council, and, and I'm assuming that probably will also be our water rights person to make sure that we're answering any questions and protecting the district relative to uh, water use outside of or in another water system. Make sure that's cleared up before we sign and authorize that agreement. And then we will also research how many other water systems are we customers of and report back to the board at next meeting. And we will also have an agenda item on this uh, Tahoe Park water rate increase and what role the district would like to take in that issue. And that's all I had listed. Did I miss anything there? Oh, I know. Uh, earlier, Director Rankins asked me under general for the agenda to now read, uh, in addition to these committee reports, to add one that's meetings attended on behalf of the district by board or staff. Any reports, uh, if so, if a director attends a meeting representing the district to report back or if a staff member does, in addition to what you put in your reports. So, Terry, if you could add that to the description of what's under general. TTSA, what you, how would that translate? I think it's the same because we asked you for the TTSA review. You're, uh, that's an ongoing one and you're already listed, so you just All report right. the same way you always have. But I think you were talking about if you attend the JPIA and want to give a report. Or Michelle. Or Michelle does. Golf course committee. Uh, golf course committee, other sure. committees but that might if be if that's assessed. already in um, early report, the written reports. Yeah, we don't have to call it out. Right. Occurred not Since in the, right. not in the board. From staff, but board yeah. members may have attended something they want to report on. In right. Okay. I just don't want to hear about all that stuff. <laughs> Director's uh, item L, number one. Director's comments and correspondence. Judy, yeah. Ron. Hmm. Um, yeah, I've this. I'd like us to consider putting on the agenda in the next couple months or so, and that's I'm going back to the selection thing. When we talked about it, I don't know, three or four years ago, maybe five years ago. Um, how we are uh, seat versus seat. My my uh, suggestion at the time is we start looking at having an open election, and uh, where you're not challenging a particular person. But that so like in this past one, I would have been running too, you know, rather than just you guys. And well, it's kind of neat not to. Uh, I do think that other people would be interested in running if they were running for one of three positions rather than having to challenge Eric or challenge Ron. Um, and I've noticed since that time we did talk about it back then, uh, more um, districts have gone to that type of an election as I look through the state where, uh, anyway, I put it on the agenda. Put it on the agenda for um, discussion. At some point, if, if that's okay with everybody, uh, I'm not asking to put it on alone. No, I would. I would support that. Okay. And anything else? Lunar Sports Park uh, looks like on a daily basis. There's more people out there. Money being dropped in the donation box, and and last night I saw Jeff Duncan at a function. And he mentioned the, the restaurant and bar are open on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And he went in there yesterday noon 
and he's in there, and the chairs are on the table, and everything, and people start walking in, and, and they ordered something to eat and something to drink. So, he, of course, like a good business guy, said, yeah, we're open. But uh, he said he's they're very excited about the reaction they've gotten to that building during the winter as compared to during the golf season. People seem to hang out longer and uh, you know, don't just pass through there as much. So there's, uh, inter uh, there's some level of excitement about that maybe this can become a year-round You're absolutely correct. Business has been building. We haven't yet seen a profit, <laughs> and we've been looking at the books with them and had several meetings. But even in the days that we've met with them up there, uh, we had a meeting. Same, similar thing happened. Three or four different groups came in in the period of an hour and a half, looking to have lunch or breakfast while we were meeting up there. So they are they're int very interested in being open seven days a week. Of course. That's easy when we're subsidizing so much. So, do we have a sense as to how Tahoe Cross Country is doing? Uh, yes, we got we reviewed their financials with them, and uh, other than the one-time cost, they were ahead of the game. But there was some significant one-time cost that they had not yet fully recouped. Like for the, for the two weeks. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The skis, the snowshoes, the sledding, discs. sled discs, that kind of thing. So, but it looks like it's covering that. The operating. Oh, yeah, they actually made some revenue yeah. over the two week, three week period we have reviewed today. Right. The okay. finances. How's the Sled Hill doing? Sled Hill's popular and it's going well, and um, they haven't had a whole lot of issues, um, uh, you know, as far as risk or anything like that. Things are, are controlled well, and so it's been positive. Good. I thought there was a trail fee on weekends, but we were up there last weekend and they said just make a donation. There's supposed to be a trail for you. Yeah. I'll follow up on that. Yeah. Get in the center of that. Okay. <laughs> I just heard that somewhere. No, no. I, my understanding is were you skiing or were you walking? We were snowshoeing. I believe there is no trail for you to walk or snowshoe. Oh, okay. It's only if you use the groomed run, the, uh, the cross-country, And that is a point to bring up because um, I was there when they were, um, Kim came over from the visitor center and she had gotten feedback from customers saying $15 you know, for snowshoe rentals, but that's the big difference is there's no fee, a trail fee, so it's $15 period. If they rented it, it oh, so okay. if they went somewhere else, it's a lot more expensive. So that's just something to know. Okay. So that, it, there isn't, um, I learned that that night, there isn't okay. um, for if you're just walking. And the sledding, I, I've been out there seeing the sledding, and they're having a ball. They've been doing these Friday nights, and um, it just looks really pretty. Like, you can really see the town, and you can see the the clubhouse, and the kids, people are having a ball. So it's neat that they're are doing that Friday. Oh, yeah. Director <laughs> Wilkins was the only customer last Saturday night with his son Tanner, I think, that was uh, sledding on that. Did you get a good spot? Yeah. With the solar light, because we saw the lights. You ran them over the <laughs> Same here. That's all. <laughs> Did you cover this? I don't have anything. Okay. Nothing? Okay. okay. <coughs> M, is that you? 
M is us, and uh, I just, uh, I apologize, I did it under three above, so I'll just add the uh, at-large elections to the list I previously gave you. I apologize, I went too quick on that. <laughs> okay, I guess we go into closed session. On the there is no closed session no today. But there is a closed session report Steve needs to make from last month, so. <clears throat> so we're reporting out from the uh, December board meeting with respect to the uh, eminent domain proceeding. Uh, since that uh, time, we received, and a copy is in your meeting packet, of the uh, final order of condemnation that was recorded with the county. That was the final action to be taken with the eminent domain proceedings. So that case is completely uh, finished right now, and so we're just reporting out that uh, that's the discussion we had had, just waiting for that last document to be filed, and uh, that matter is concluded. Which brings up a point that we have all our bills in on that from the attorneys. Uh, I would assume that with this month, January should be our last bill from. Yeah, I saw one one come through. I think Dan, some time ago, you were concerned about what the total costs are. For yeah. Procedure. Yeah, and, and my thought is that maybe next fall, after the construction is largely complete. On the project, that we could get a, a comprehensive summary from staff on on the yeah the total roll up costs on that and how we paid for it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's it. We're adjourned. Wow. Thank you. Super ever. For Judy? Yeah. Oh, it's a big one? Very. Uh, small color. Make sure he did. Did she come in? Yeah. Okay. No, right here. You can move. start. No, no, go ahead. One of the better pins. So I'm just turning off Dan, the sign this. Oh, so yeah. 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 my dog last night yeah. went everything. Well, I it's when I hit camera. But it goes to the drop And then I did a video I was just sitting in my living room trying to video and I said, so my two pictures, I don't know how to get to the picture, but no, it would come up on the thing and say, well, no, I'm just going with my girlfriend's down to uh, timeshare and pull that So uh, Monday, uh, two, Monday's a holiday. Tuesday and Wednesday, Bob Bolt will be in charge. Wednesday is uh, uh, Matt's attention to class. And Thursday and Friday, Matt will be back in charge. We're anticipating that Tony is going to be in and out. Maybe you can. You can. Thanks for... So, Dan, you got plenty of room for uh, the two wild ones? Yeah, we're taking a sperm. Terry will There you go. Okay. Brought it into Matt, brought it into Tom, and then they went out. The other thing that I still don't want to figure out last night, I could do a video. Sitting in one chair. I wonder if this works. And then all of a sudden.
Yeah, yeah mine was uh, not on. The shared. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mine was uh, like Kelly's was. Right. When we had 35,000 pictures of hers. Yeah, so Yeah, good morning. I still. Uh, but there's no other, there's no like a water, I mean, there's nothing like a water leak. Oh, she want, okay. You'll see. You'll see. Sometimes you'll see. You want to meet right here? Or you want to meet right here? And it goes right here. So you don't always see those either. I still don't get the. Best way to start the year. I don't get the uh, red line stuff. How you write on them? What? Get how you. You have to open the document. Go to public. No, oh, go to your thing. But I don't know, you know. How to scroll. There it goes. There it goes. 